Hello everyone, in today's episode I'm drawing Squidgy and, and um, she, she has autism and, and today we're going to be hearing about like uh, her and her, her autism. So thank you for joining me today. Lovely to be here. Yeah, and um, it, maybe to just start off with it, if you would like just introduce yourself and say a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I'm Squidgy, I'm an um, autistic non-binary content creator, mainly on TikTok. Um, I was diagnosed when I was about six, so quite a while ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and lot, 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 like because like on like like the phrase and awareness, do 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 do, 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 do you feel that like it helps a lot of people when like when you speak out about it? Yeah, so even when I'm doing sort of like silly relatable autism stuff and then um, around also around dyspraxia and autism processing, which I also had, I, I get a lot of comments saying like, oh, it's nice to finally see someone like me. Because I think growing up especially, I never saw anyone like me with autism on the screen. And when there was autistic people, it was ne- it was normally your Sheldon Coopers and your Raymans and never more realistic representations and never played by autistic people as well. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think I'll, I find from like speaking about it as well that um, maybe when you do meet other people who have autism, they kind of understand you a bit better. Definitely, because growing up, I never really met anyone autistic. I went through being diagnosed quite early, meeting people my age, they didn't tend to be um, more like through mainstream education, so I didn't really relate to them in the same way, and they didn't have similar experiences to me, and they tend to also be more. Um, like male so although it was amazing to have that experience and being able to meet other autistic people it never felt like people I could necessarily relate to in the same way so when it came to well, actually when lockdown happened was the first time I really got to interact with people like me with autism starting trying to advocate and and do more around autism and actually understand my own and other people's a lot better was a really great time because <laughs> I like fundraising awareness for autism. I, I, I like because um, I think at first I it is uh, quite hard to speak about it as well, especially getting young. I, I diagnosed quite at a young age as well, and I, I, I find like because I was diagnosed at nine, so a bit um, it, uh, quite young as well, and I didn't like speak about it really. I, I, like I think as you get older as well, your confidence um, gets better as well, doesn't it? Yeah, because I found when I was in education, even though I was diagnosed at six, my own primary school refused to acknowledge that I was autistic and quite often tried to put me down to bad parenting and that my parents were looking for a diagnosis as an excuse and stuff like that when that definitely wasn't the case. And being around an environment where the majority of people are saying you're not autistic, I refused to acknowledge it. I, I didn't really see myself as an autistic person until probably mid high school when I was about 14. And by that point, you, you don't really tend to go to the same like autism support groups when you're younger. So in terms of trying to find like an autistic community, it very much had to come through on social media or something like that. And so when lockdown happened, I finally had that opportunity. Yeah, really good. Because um, like with lockdown, you I think, I suppose you have more time to do like things that maybe that you didn't have time to do beforehand. Definitely. I think before lockdown, I was very much, I was working, I was doing scouting, I was in A-levels, everything was constantly doing stuff. I never had time to actually look at myself and being able to be like, well, I have all this free time. Why not look more into talking about autism? And then through that, I actually realised a lot more about myself and my autism and not just teaching other people. I think that's a big thing that 
people forget when we do autism advocacy, we're not just teaching other people, we're also learning for ourselves as well, which I think is awesome. I, 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 I totally get that because, like, I didn't really, like, 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 through the podcast, it kind of started because of the pandemic and because you didn't have a like you you had so much free time and like like uh, and speak to other people which does help you as well because um like especially maybe not seeing anyone staying inside um you're actually meeting new people face to face definitely i think through um my tiktok i've met some amazing friends and it's amazing advocates for autism and lots of other disabilities and i've got to learn things about different people that if it wasn't for the pandemic that never would have happened and i think obviously the pandemic is a horrible thing <laughs> but for me having that lockdown having that space away from the mainstream education away from constantly seeing neurotypical able-bodied people 24 7 it meant that i could grow myself and help other people to realize themselves as well because there's been also like a massive increase of diagnosis especially for um afabs and females and so I think a lot of that has come through TikTok advocacy, like myself and others. And I think that's a really amazing thing that more people are not just being able to advocate autism, but being able to realise that they have it in the first place. That's something that the pandemic before that, I just don't think this platform would be here. No, I think that I think that platform it, it, it is really helpful um, as well because like you, you get. Um, I think it was only last year that where, where, where that app got like kind of like like it got lots of people using it in all sorts of different ways like with or like um, like with autism and, or, and I think it is it is a brilliant way to raise awareness. Definitely, I think you can reach people that you never could before, and I always make sure that I do like a mix of content. So I'm not just doing autism stuff; I'm doing other content that reach different people, so they come to my page and they see the autism advocacy there. I think on any other app or platform, it just doesn't hit the same people and the same diversity. I think that's a really great thing about it. Yeah, yeah, and like I think just I think recently, like on TikTok, I think they announced that you can do three minute, um, like, like, like longer, like, um, like, 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 uh, like thing. They've done that as well, haven't they? Which um, because. I think it was about one minute, um, like <laughs> how long you can post, but um, I think they've like made that a bit like longer. Yeah, I I personally haven't used the three minute yet because I think I ramble enough in the one minute, let alone three. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably better for everyone that I stay off that for now. But I am planning on doing some more because I haven't been doing as much autism content as I've wanted to because of um, being at college and exams and stuff. And it does take a lot of a lot of time to make informative and um, informative content that not only is from your experience but from others as well. Because I think that's that's one thing with having the advocacy of autism is that we quite often see one type of person and I think the great thing about TikTok is that we're seeing more people but I think one criticism of it is that you see a lot more people like me who tend to be more um AFAB or white and um, more mainstream education taught autistic people we're not seeing non-verbal autistic people as much and I think that's a massive thing that needs to be changed going forward that we're not just seeing the same people that are better at using things like social media and being able to be more 
palatable to neurotypical people and being able to boost those voices as well. And that's a difficult thing with advocacy to try and push through. And I know I'm guilty of not pushing those voices through as much. Yeah, yeah. I think I think like like, like with autism, it is um like like because um, like like we're speaking about it. Um, it, it it can be it can be hard. Like it's not easy, is it? Like just speak about autism, especially on, on a platform where there's lots of people. And like with TikTok, you, you do get like, like people on there, don't you? Sometimes who are mean. Um, but I, I would say more mean. Like you get more people, but who do or maybe like judge you on on like your content rather maybe than other sort of so, 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 like social like uh, I think because. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's a it's a platform where um, you can put content about anything like you like, and like like you say, it doesn't have to be about autism. You can relate it to different things, which it can like uh, it, it can like like if you maybe put a post on about like autism and someone puts something in comment, it can like um, make you feel down. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm quite fortunate in that I haven't had too much hate around that but mine tends to be more you're not actually autistic you're making it up for attention and stuff like that and I think that's quite common for people like me who don't fit the Rayman the Sheldon Cooper kind of idea of autism and I think that's that's quite an issue on the platform especially if more people have been diagnosed through the pandemic as people have been using it more autism has been understood, more people are getting diagnosed, more people are trying to get diagnosed and self-diagnosing, which is a really important thing that people should be able to do. And so I think people are taking that the wrong way. And I think over time, hopefully that will slow down a bit. People, as when there's better representation in the media, they'll understand, well, actually people aren't faking, there's just different types of autism and that no two people with autism are the same. No, no, and and that's the, that's what I like about autism. Like, like everyone has it. It's, it's, it's their own. It's not. It's not. not it's not. It's not like your autism is the same as my autism. We may have like. It may be like. Um, it may have um, like do things maybe in a similar way. Like, um, like for example, like for me, um, I say I'm quite sensory with my autism. Where so, let's say if um, you know someone's eating. And like for example, like um, like like having a fork and knife on the plate and, and, and making so much noise, and like for me, it, it's I can't stand it. I have to I have to say to them, it's can you stop? <laughs> um, and then like for me, it's like a it's, it's like a black chalkboard for me, and yeah, like that's great. That, mm. that that's what it's like for me, and. But if I made that noise, it'll be completely fine. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's quite in a funny. It's, it's quite it's funny in a way, but quite annoying as well. Yeah, I think I think especially with like what people struggle to understand is like how the different situations can make certain sounds or certain things worse. So like again, like you were saying, if you make the noise, it's different. But then if someone else made it, it could be like really horrible experience to be in and quite a, a common um, thing that I've seen is people joking about how um, but then they go outside and hear two people talking and that's it <laughs> and I think it's nice to have that space to be able to make light of really not so great 
situations and being able to relate on it and I think humour in those situations is a really powerful tool and one that I use quite a lot because you can't, I think, want acceptance if you can't make light of it but in a way that isn't making fun or isn't because I, I think being an autistic person you get made fun of so much growing up that being able to reclaim that is such a big and powerful thing to do and I think I try and use that a lot in my content of being made fun of uh, say hitting certain sounds and then turning that into a not a positive but like being able to spin it and show that take away that power I think is a massive thing especially within like the community yeah, I think like you do have to laugh about things sometimes. Although like autism is a very serious subject to speak about, and, and that like um, but like people understand and people who want to understand because um, right. Uh, so sometimes uh, people say to me um, like they've never heard of autism before. Sometimes and I am quite shocked about that. But there's still so many people out there who yeah. don't understand. So like. Uh, that's a good reason what you're doing like 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 with raising awareness for autism um, because of, like on, on the platform that, that, you, that you're spreading it on there are lots of people on there um, like, especially now and like through the pandemic that they're like be scrolling down and watching all sorts of content on there so it's it, I think it's, it's brilliant what you're doing and like it's a it's like a hobby isn't it Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's most of the time that I spend on now is probably on TikTok, which is probably isn't great. But um, in terms of like the, the seriousness, I, I I think that there is definitely still has to be spaces where advocating for autism has to be put in a serious way. And I, I do have like videos on there where I talk about things like access to education and um, like understanding consent and relationships like that that people both in and out of the autistic community just need to talk about more and yeah I have like you have to have the joking videos you have to be able to poke fun of yourself and not of autism but of yourself and how you deal with certain situations because that's what makes us human but we also need to sit back and say that there are things that attack our community and some things within our community that we need to work on and how we need to work together more how the world isn't built for us and how there's nothing wrong with being autistic it's the world around stuff stuff like that you know that we do need to have serious conversation as a society and also as a community ourselves yeah 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 and like 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 schools and and stuff like that do do, do you feel like autism um like like maybe especially like when people growing up um do, do, do you think like like it, it may be a lesson for maybe uh, like autism should be a lesson or something or or maybe like a, a side subject where maybe like teacher speaks speaks to the students for maybe like 20 or 30 minutes see i do but i feel like schools just don't have the capacity to do it properly in an informed way so when i i think i was in year five so i was probably about nine maybe um, myself and a, another autistic boy in the class, they took us out and they did a talk without us to the students in the classroom. A lot of them didn't actually know that myself or the boy was autistic. And that actually caused a lot more issues. And it, it gave them a specific reason to not be nice to us. Whereas before it was just the way we spoke or the way we acted. Now they could specifically be like, like bully us because we were autistic. 
and that's a that's a big issue in itself and then when it came to being in high school whenever they did talks on it it was always again playing off the of stereotypes like Sheldon Cooper and Rayman and playing um videos that might have come from like um char charities like Autism Speaks which have had a long history of almost eugenic style of explaining autism and saying how we shouldn't exist and how we're a curse to society and stuff like that and that we need curing when actually when you want to talk about autism advocacy it should be some people struggle with some things and that's okay and this is how you can help them not look at these poor people they're all they're an inspiration that's not helping anyone that's not because when we look at helping teaching people in school about autism it shouldn't be teaching them about autism in a clinical way it should be this is what someone might be struggling with this is what that might look like and this is how you can help that and fix not fix but like reduce the stress in that situation not again in that clinical way and i think that's something that schools are just at the moment not able to do which is a real shame yeah, it, 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 it is a real shame and like with my experience in like mainstream school um it, it wasn't good like um i think but my, 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 my time in mainstream school because i was quite a person and i wouldn't ask for help if i needed it um i was quite shy about that because i was afraid if i asked for help and the rest of the class know what they're doing I, i'm just gonna get laughed at and, and like people be me um because and yeah and, and like the teachers didn't really understand and uh, like they thought I was doing fine because like, like for example if a teacher come over to me and said um, if I needed any help I would say no because um, I, like, uh, I was just kind of, like afraid of the outcome and then and as well at that point I wasn't confident and, and uh, in my age and when I was younger having autism I just thought autism was all bad it wasn't it wasn't good it 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 it, it was not a good thing to have because like maybe for example if I didn't know something in, in like a question in a lesson I would automatically think I'm dumb I don't know how to do this and then and then when you get older you kind of think to yourself hang on a minute but there's some things that I'm I'm, I'm quite I know quite a lot about and there, there isn't so and that's what makes you think like with autism like it, it, it does make you special yeah and I think that kind of like self like almost hatred when it comes to autism when you're younger I think that's kind of the the way that you go through that diagnostic process and everything's very clinical and negative and there's almost like I what the way that I've heard people who are diagnosed later describe it being diagnosed as kind of grieving their not being autistic and it's it's difficult to try and be positive about yourself and autism when everyone around you sees it as a negative and sees it as they only pull up the negative things about your autism like when you have meltdowns or shutdowns and stuff like that when actually some and not all but some aspects of being autistic is actually quite beneficial such as having a special interest and being passionate about certain things and passionate about advocacy is actually often seen as a trait of autism in itself being able to have conversations like this can be seen as autism although it also needs to be stressed that autism can't always be portrayed as being positive because there are negative points but they need to be seen as well they need to be like displayed with the positives and with how everyone has positives and negatives and autism kind of makes them more extreme um and another thing with like 
when you get diagnosed you don't actually get told anything about autism at all at least i didn't it's almost like this fear that if we tell people what autism is they'll become more like it and actually that's not the case as soon as you like for me as soon as i started to work with my autism not against it i actually became a much happier person instead of trying to hide every time i had a meltdown or trying to like ignore the fact that I hated a certain sound actually that's not what I should be doing I should be like this is who I am and this is what I need to do to make myself feel better not to hide what's making me feel bad I think yeah yeah I think it is like like it's that like it is like like just going back to getting diagnosed with autism it is like a hard process like as well um like even though I don't remember much because I was quite young. Um, yeah, um, I remember bits. I think I went to I went to London to to, to, to get tested for autism, and it was, it was mainly my parents who that, like were the ones who kind of thought I, I had autism or something. But it was a it was a, a weird process, and like with like remembering there like 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 you say you don't get you don't get told much about what autism is and and what it does and, and what 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 it can do in life because like like especially uh, like i suppose it's hard for parents as well isn't it like like if i actually like explain it and explain it to you at, at quite young as well um and like like a, because I suppose they can choose what, like whether to explain it to you like, like maybe a six-year-old or um, when you're a bit older or, or when you can understand it or maybe a bit more. Yeah so for me I wasn't told by my parents when I was diagnosed I just kind of picked it up from going to different appointments and stuff and I didn't know what autism was and being that young I thought I was ill so it was kind of finding out I was autistic was me asking my mum if I was ill and then actually having that conversation properly and but even with parents I don't think they're told properly what autism is they're kind of just told what it is and they're kind of just told all the things that kids will never be able to do or might struggle with in the future but so I I was told from a young age to not think about uni not to like that you're never going to go but maybe think of alternatives and stuff like that because they thought I'd never be able to live away from home they thought I'd never be able to have that independence and I'm like, if I get the grades in September, going away to Kingston to study primary school education and being able to go and contribute to society in a way that growing up, my parents were told I wouldn't be able to do or that they should plan to not to have me at home forever. And I think for a lot of autistic people, that is the case and that's what's best for them. But that's not everyone. And I think preparing parents for the worst isn't how you help that child because, and again, there is limits, and there, but that's for the child to learn themselves. I know that I'm not great at being in busy environments for a long period of time, but that's something that I've learned and that I plan around and I work with myself to deal with. And I think being able to encourage young people and even autistic adults to be self-sufficient in their abilities is more important than telling them what they can and can't do it should be down to the individual yeah, yeah. and like 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 with autism like i think like like you say like yeah 
like because I can like when people do say that stuff like 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 not explained it like especially like to parents and stuff like maybe not explained it enough because I think they're learning as well aren't they like mm-hmm. at the same time as maybe you are because like it is a it's a, it's a, it's a, it is like a you have to learn about autism before but like like like, like as, as we said, like at a young age, you think a lot of the worst about autism, don't you? <laughs> like, um, you think, like, 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 like you said, like, like, like if you're ill, um, like, like it is, uh, and, and maybe at school you may go into a, a, a particular class that's suited for autism, um, or like, 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 like teachers who are like trained for that, and like. Like I remember when I was at school, uh, like because um, I, I got told to um, I, I got told to go to go for lunch early um, for, for um for some reason I think it was like an art exam and the room was getting used to art and then I I, I went for my lunch and then um, apparently um, the teacher didn't tell me to uh, to go for for lunch and I was very confused at this point because I was just eating my lunch and then like another staff member said you, you can't have your lunch it's not your turn <laughs> um and then um eventually oh, I went to my my, my main form tutor and I said oh, I'm not sure what's going on here and then eventually like some confusion went with like autism autism and stuff and then I don't I think I got made uh, like and eventually like teachers got tagged uh, autism training um, even though they were trained anyway, but um, for me, um, complaining about it and like, getting told not to have lunch and then to have lunch and then it just got all very confusing. So like, they got all, more autism training, and um, it, which was good because the more autism training, the more people can understand. I think that's I think that's a testament to your school because I had a few situations like that, even including um, I had an exam once and they took it was a mock, but they took my extra time away before the exam and didn't tell me. So I ended up being told I had to be in the hall of everyone else before an exam, which was stressful enough. I mean, it's, it's simple to say I didn't sit that exam because I was just not it wasn't gonna no. But um, my, I was the one that was in trouble for that, not the school. And I actually had a, a meeting with the, the head senker at my school and he turned around and said, no, you're not special needs. You, you have autism, but you're not actually special needs because you're getting good grades. And I think that's a very common thing in, in mainstream that if you're getting good grades, then you your autism doesn't matter. Or that you're just socially awkward. You're not actually, you know, you're fine. When actually, no, I mask very heavily when I'm at places like school and so people don't see the autism but I definitely do and just because I'm getting good grades doesn't mean I'm not struggling or I could do better and I think that was the case in quite a lot of subjects where if I'd had a bit more patience and a better understanding I could have done a lot better but there wasn't that and there wasn't that support from the same team that there should have been which in some ways I'm grateful that I became a lot more self-sufficient with my autism and explaining it to people and saying what I need, which I don't think would have happened in the same way if I had said. But then again, I wouldn't have, I shouldn't have needed to have to be crying in front of teachers to try and get that support. It should have been there. But I think that's something that is systemically 
wrong with the educational system and does need to be looked at. Like, yeah. like, like they should know, like, like, like what teachers should, should like, 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 for example, if you're, if you're unable to say you need help, like, they should notice that, and um, like, 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 say, like, the system, like, it does need improvement, um, like, 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 especially in mainstream schools, I would say, like, um, like, like, I think, even if. Even if they do have autism training or some sort of like, like, need to learn about autism more because I, 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 I do remember another si- a, a situation in mainstream school where, um, I like, I, I, um, a teacher asked me to go to the library after I finished lunch and just wait there. So that's what I did for about 20, 20 minutes, and I was thinking, um, it, it wasn't just me, I, I, it was me and, and like, um, I think a, a few, uh, few others who were just waiting outside the library and I didn't really understand why I, like, I, got, I got told to wait outside the library and and then I go back to the classroom and I say and and the, and, and the teacher who told me to go wait at the library um, said um where have I been I'm late and I said I said um you told me to go out wait outside the library so that, that's what I've been doing for the last 20 minutes um and then she said um she, 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 she basically just said she didn't say that to me and um, that I have to stay behind, or and then eventually that, that I have to speak with the with the with the like the man in, in charge of my year, and and he said um, it was quite it was quite angry really, it, it, um, it, and like oh like it was me and a few others that wait outside the library, and I was the only one talking because no one else was talking, so I had no choice. So I said um, well um, then. Then I said, well, there's some been some confusion because I, I tell you now, I got told to wait outside the library. Otherwise, I would have been in class <laughs> if I didn't get told to wait outside the library. And then eventually, like, um, I did eventually leave the main, like, mainstream. I, I think it was year seven. I was only there for a year and then I eventually moved. So um, that was good. <laughs> I had um, I had a situation once where I, because this was when the whole fidget spinner ban happened, and like, all the schools were like, "No, we're not having that as a trend." But I was using it was a different fidget, but I had it under the table because we were in the busy canteen and I needed it. And then this, um, my old art teacher came up to me and was like, "I'll give it to me." And I was like, "Okay, I'll just put it in my bag." I understand. And I was like, "No, no, you have to give it to me." And it was the whole thing that didn't need to happen. And I had some friends trying to stick up for me, stuff like that. And then I went to them at the end of the day to get it back. And the teacher sat me down and was like, oh, I think like inside trying to diagnose me with depression and stuff because I was trying to use it, um, which was quite upsetting when someone's trying to say that you're like, you've got all these mental health issues and actually I'm just autistic and you know that I'm autistic. And so eventually I went to the same co in like my end of year and tried to have the whole discussion, which ended didn't me swearing at her and getting a two hour detention, which could have been so easily resolved if she just knew the simplest thing about autism or just listened to me for like five minutes. And I think a lot of autistic people, neurodivergent people as a whole, I think predominantly ADHD as well, end up having a very small situation blown out of proportion by um, like like top teachers and, and go through all the sanction levels and all these things purely because people aren't listening and it's a very frustrating and anger-provoking situation to be in when there's a simple explanation and 
reason for a certain behavior or a certain thing that happened that could be resolved so easily but then it's just blown out of proportion because they just don't want to be patient and take the time to listen and it, it's crazy to me how so many things that have happened through education to me could have been resolved so quickly if they just gave me just five minutes to explain what happened or just five minutes to calm down outside the classroom and yet they just get blown out of proportion and yeah that is just a. Uh, it is. That it is like. It, it is. It's not good. Like, 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 with, like, not understanding and like, like. As we know, like with autism, we have like these like, like things that like, like, take our mind off things, and like it's in. And I think like, like, like with people like who do take them away, it's it's just a. I don't understand about autism and like. It, I suppose it is annoying when you see someone who doesn't understand it because, like, we know what it is, we understand it. Um, why can't, um, like, they understand it as well? And I think also as well, it's not always like a lack of understanding of autism per se, it's just a lack of not wanting to pay five minutes of patience just to listen. And I think that's, that's something that, I mean, I've always kind of said if all aspects of education work to the mind of an autistic person it would benefit everyone in terms of allowing things like fidgeting, allowing people to have like quiet spaces, allowing people to um, just be themselves and ask for help when they need it without feeling pressure. I think everyone, all neurotypicals and neurodivergent people alike would be able to benefit from that and yet they make out that it's so hard to cater to us when really by catering to us you're helping everyone and it's just it's just patience and respect that I think is lacking in a lot of in my experience in education not just as an autistic person but as a student in general and I think the moment that we see a shift towards the mutual respect of students and teachers especially towards autistic and neurodivergent people I think it would just work out better for everyone yeah it's a shame yeah it, 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 it is a real shame because like, like like with autism it is um like especially maybe at school um like like explain it to like a, like a, um so, so someone who's not wanting to listen to you it is it is hard because like you want to explain like the situation and and, and they're not having it and like like what they said to you it, it is it is out of order and, and like um like it is it must have been like hard on you as well because like like with the things that she was saying to you like I think as well being autistic and I mean I could only speak for myself but it's so much harder to try and like understand where other people are coming from and understand fully what they're saying that when that isn't sort of given back to you it's a lot more frustrating because we kind of have to go our whole lives with trying to understand everyone and everything and take our time over it when that's not really back by a teacher simply just missing to a two-minute conversation that can be a lot more upsetting I think than to someone else and then they don't understand why you're getting upset because they don't understand sort of the the past pain that someone not listening has and I think it holds a lot more baggage someone not just shrugging off something small when you're autistic than possibly to someone else and you're seen as overreacting and I think especially with the I always say like around the sexism of like oh you're just being hysterical or something like that 
when actually no, you're just not taking the time to understand what's happening and it's just really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I remember maybe like I spent a lot of school with I like I wasn't maybe listening and I think like I would lose a like concentration and it, and like like a, I'm not not just meant for me, I spent to like quite a lot of people that have autism. Um and like 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 the like 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 lack of understanding and like the lack of like like just making you out as like as like a bad person, like a bad kid who wants to like maybe um like, like, not concentrate, and it, it's not that. It's just, it's, it is part of like some people's autism as well, where you maybe like, you can't like maybe listen as much as as um, another person. Yeah, I think when you have like, so I had like five lessons a day, each an hour long, all different subjects. Especially if you've got a subject earlier on in the day that you're like really passionate about, and then one later on that you're not as much it's so much harder to keep that attention especially jumping from one subject to another and i think that's and i think again if teachers were more understanding of that it wouldn't just benefit us but other students as well and when they act like asking for simple accommodations like this might be a slower lesson than another lesson it wouldn't it wouldn't be that hard and it wouldn't be detrimental to other students because for me asking for certain accommodations the reason why they haven't done that is because they say it's detrimental to other students like using a fidget under the table silently that no one could see that would apparently detriment someone else in the classroom asking to sit at the front of the class so i could hear what they're saying that would be a detriment to the class stuff like that when actually no one else in the class cares if you've got a fidget in your pocket. No one else in the class cares if the blinds are shut a little bit or some of the lights are turned off. Like they really don't care that much. And I think that teachers use other students' progress as an excuse for not wanting to put the effort in when really it's not that. It, from where I'm sitting, letting me sit at the front of class or lowering the blinds slightly isn't the most effort you're going to exert in that lesson. And just those small things could make such a difference to my education. Yeah. I think it's a shame. Yeah, it, it is like, like, it is, like, it is, it, it is upsetting, like, if, like, if, like, like, people can't, like, like, like just, just let you do those little things. And, like, if it helps you, like, like, uh, engage with the lesson more, it, 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 it's, a, it's a good thing for you. And it is like it can be annoying if you just like not get like if they're not hearing you out or they're just saying no like 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 um like, I'd say for example like like in school as well where maybe you'd ask to go to the toilet and and like a teacher would say no like if the waiting end the lesson and and sometimes this will be when the lesson has started and they'll say like. You, you should have gone in your break and I think that there should be a rule about this that I know I, I understand like people do just go for it to waste time and they, they don't want to go to the lesson I, I understand that bit but if there's a person that, that does need to go to the toilet and that, that, that you need to do it and that they and that they should be allowed like a teacher should, should, shouldn't have like maybe the right of saying that you can't go yeah, I think especially like a line that I hate so, it's such a pet peeve of mine is thinking that, oh, you should have gone at like break. 
but they didn't need to go at break. That's not how the human body works. It doesn't work to your clock. It does because if you had a large drink at lunch, which is what you're supposed to do at lunch, then you need to go to the toilet later on. And especially like in um, classes like science, where you're not allowed, we weren't allowed to drink in the science room. You drink more at lunch to make sure that you weren't thirsty then. But then because of how the human body works, the more you drink, the more you need to go. And then you need to go during lesson. And especially what bugs me even more is like if the week before the teacher just went, oh, I just need to nip out to the toilet. I didn't have time to go during break. <laughs> well, who says that I did? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 like, if that happened, I'd be saying that you can't go. <laughs> Wait till the lesson's finished. <laughs> but it is, uh, it's mad and I, I actually remember like like, like um at one situation I took a constant coffee into the lesson. Um and uh, and uh, like a, a helper teacher next to me said, um, oh, you, you can't drink that. And I said, Why? Why why can't I drink it? And they said, Because you're not allowed. You only allowed what? <laughs> In a lesson and I said, uh, but it's coffee. <laughs> Is it not it's not like alcohol or anything? Like and then I drunk it and teaching the same anything. <laughs> so, oh, oh, fine. But it's, it, it, I think that is another silly thing when like teachers or say that you can't drink in, in a lesson. And sometimes it is water or, or like squash, and you do get that sometimes. And like, no, I was thinking, oh, like, if you need to drink, you need to drink. You need to go to toilet. You need to go to toilet. Yeah, I think especially because it just doesn't feel like it should be allowed to tell someone they're not allowed to drink water for like over an hour. But for me, I had two hour lessons for A-level. So if we had a lesson in the lab because I was doing biology, then well, we'd, we'd drink anyway because we just ignore them. But if, I mean, if you're following the rules, we wouldn't have any water for two hours. And that's not, I mean, I can't speak for other people, but I definitely can't go that long without a drink. No. I shouldn't have to. No. Like, uh, unless like you're going to sleep, but <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, that, that that is like it is silly. It's a silly rule, and I think I know it's changed as well. Where like it's like your human right, like you have a your own right to drink, but whenever you want, like there should be a certain rule. Um, unless unless there's a person in the class that like just it's like he uses their water ball like a like, like, like a toy or something just squirting everywhere <laughs> well, if, if, if something like that happens I understand but like, like, you should be able to drink it's just silly isn't it yeah, I mean, so we have quite um, in my school there's always been like a high proportion of um, people who um, practice Islam uh, Muslims and so they tend to through Ramadan they don't drink or eat or anything do you mm-hmm. think so out of courtesy a lot of us tend to keep our bottles in our bag but that's out of choice when a teacher is telling you no it's not okay it's a lot more yeah it's not I just but I think as well saying because the things like oh you're not allowed to take um coffee into class but then the, co- the teacher will come in five minutes later with a mug in their hand it's kind of that further thing of like but as like as autistic people uh, as in speaking from my experience rules have to be followed they're there for a reason and so when you're being told one thing and the teacher's doing another it's a really hard thing to take and i think uh, something that i definitely struggled with with the pandemic is i follow every single rule to the letter as we all should be to keep everyone safe but then you go to town and someone's got their mask under their chin or something and it's the most infuriating thing and then to have that in the classroom 
and you're already trying not to deal with it, the, the classroom being too loud or the room being too light or the teacher breaking rules as well like it's it's a lot and I feel like it's asking for like mutual respect between teachers and students if we're not allowed to do something with teaching either but when they're sitting there on their phone checking messages like why well, is something important well someone needs to pick up their phone because they don't know like someone's parents might be in the hospital or something and they got told off for that I had a in my class once someone got sent out of the classroom for crying reading a text because they found out that someone had sadly passed away and then being told well if you hadn't checked your phone that wouldn't have happened they just lost someone yeah it is like it's crazy and like especially like maybe um i think like some people would have had this situation in class if like if, if you see someone else in class on their phone and like the like, they, they don't get told off for it and that they're allowed to keep it out and then for example if you got your phone out and then the teacher says that you keep put your phone away and then, and then you say look they've got their phone out and then you know you, you haven't said anything to them and then nothing happens yeah. about it but it is it's I crazy. have to get good at, good at holding my tongue for situations like that because it never runs well for you <laughs> <laughs> no no but like I think like like, like, like if you say like, like masks and like like abiding by the rules yeah, that, that is like really important and it, it keeps us safe but like, like, like you say when you do see people, people not wearing the masks and, and, and don't get me wrong some people can be like they don't have to wear it because they have a reason um, oh yeah, but, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, like um, like like we all know there's going to be people who, who just don't wear it for the sake of it, and like that does put people at risk. And like breaking rules, like like all, all sort of different rules, like with face marks, like keeping like your two meters apart. It's just um, like it's crazy. Because obviously, obviously like, not everyone can wear face masks, and that's completely understandable. And I think a lot of autistic people also struggle with wearing masks. But when you've got someone who's got it like there, or they've got it in their hand, in the attention of if they get told to put it on, they'll take it off, and then two seconds later they'll take it off again without any kind of exemption or anything. They just don't want to, or they're walking around hugging each other and stuff like that. Or like when when we um, were allowed to go back to college, but we weren't allowed to be within like two meters people would like sit on each other's laps and it's a bit like you could try <laughs> you could try or when teachers are again being way closer than they need to be and then moaning about all the rules that the school are making them do like wearing masks well the school aren't making those rules the government are so that we all stay healthy it's kind of a it's like, well, I, I never understand why it's so hard for people to understand if that's the rule and you follow it yeah. And black and white thinking. And I, I, I went past like schools in the past, like on the bike in the car, and I, I, I just see like because like, like oh, three pm, it's like school's finished, and then uh, what I do is I count how many people are wearing a mask, like just walking down with their friends, and uh, I don't count too many of them. Like, like, like so some people have got them on, but some people can see their nose. <laughs> some people haven't got them on at all, and then. Like, 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 as soon as school's finished, like, 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 um, just don't need to wear a mask, which you don't. I, I agree, like, you don't have to wear masks. Like, when, when I go out, um, I tend to go to places where not many people are, um, um, like, like maybe the countryside or something like that, where it's pretty more safe. And, like, don't get me wrong, I won't wear a mask if I don't see anyone. Or if I know I'm yeah. keeping that two meter distance, but let's say I'm walking one half of the side of the road and then 
so, so someone is walking towards her, um, I won't put a mask on because I'm keeping my two minute distance and I'll just go the opposite, opposite side of the road. But it, 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 is, it is hard when like, you see people not following the rules. Yeah, because like, as someone who struggles with wearing a mask for sensory issues, then seeing people who, I mean, you should never assume, but seeing people who were joking about not wearing a mask, well, there was the whole thing with the, the sunflower lanyard, which is supposed to be talking about um, hidden disability, people buying it as an exemption tool so that they don't have to wear a mask, not because they're disabled, not because they're exempt, but because if they're wearing it, they think that no one will ask questions. Um, because in the UK, which I think is good, you can't ask someone what their disability is um, for whatever reason. So someone wearing that lanyard, they can just keep walking. And the lanyard is such an important tool to the, to the disabled and especially autistic community before the pandemic. And now it's kind of turned into this symbol of people who are exempt from wearing masks or people who don't want to follow rules and stuff like that. And it's kind of lost its significant meaning. And I've had friends who have been wearing a mask and a lanyard, and they've had a member of staff come up to them and say, why are you wearing your mask if you've got a lanyard exemption on there? And that's that's not what it is, and that's not what it's for. And that means that there are people who were trained in what to do with someone wearing a mask at the lanyard when they need assistance. They're not actually knowing why they're wearing it, and it defeats the whole point. It's, it's a shame. Yeah, it, it, like it it, 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 it is a shame that like, you wear that. Like for wearing that, you, you don't really want to get questioned or like saying like like if someone comes up, what, like, why are you wearing that? Like like um like I don't, I think you do find like, a lot of people do get exempt from wearing a mask, and it is um like like sometimes although that like, they have the reason for it, but you do wonder yourself sometimes that you maybe want to wear one like to put like put like. Like, 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 keep yourself safe, but yeah. no, there is an understanding why that you that they can't. Because yeah. I mean, me and you are technically exempt from wearing masks, and but we we try our best to wear them because we know about the rules. But I think what annoys me isn't people that are exempt not wearing masks because that's what the exemption's for. It's people who take those exemption tools and use them for themselves even when they're not exempt, yeah. and that's really frustrating and takes away the sort of the significance of it for us because people are then equating lying about not wearing a mask with a particular disability or a particular tool that should be used by disabled people to help them. Yeah and like another reason why I do wear it is because like, like other than having autism I have a like a like a crime as well which damages my immune system yeah. and um like I haven't to wear a mask to protect myself anyway, but like from the past year, not being able to go into like like school and stuff like that, where like seeing people in the class, the majority of the people exempt, and um, which uh, but like when I did go in, I, I did have like another room I can go in, but I'll just get I was having work just sent to me from the classroom because near enough the, the whole lot were exempt and like and um which did surprise me when I did come in the teacher told them to put the masks on and then they put the masks on so they wasn't that exempt from wearing a mask so it is a like I like you said is it's quite upsetting like like when people do uh like don't they don't abide by the rules sometimes.
because um, I found that in my school, when we came back from the first main lockdown, no one, well, not that many people wore their masks in the classroom, but when we came back after lockdown three, uh, pretty much everyone was wearing them in the classroom now. And I think people finally realised, I think that's when it really clicked that we should all be wearing our masks. And that. But it was quite interesting that I was, all, I was wearing my mask everywhere that the government said we had to do and sometimes a bit more because then I wouldn't forget to put it back on again. But a lot more people were wearing it everywhere, which was a lot more comfortable for me in terms of like, if everyone's having to wear it in that situation, it's easier for me to make myself wear it. Whereas when you're in a situation where you should be wearing it, but you struggle to wear it and no one else is bothering to follow the rules, it's a lot harder to hold yourself to that standard, I think like it sets an example doesn't it like for, for other people um that maybe are unsure about it uh, and like it sets that example for them to wear it as well yeah and i think it like although mask is not comfortable is it <laughs> but we don't, we don't really want to be wearing one at all like um but with uh like like what's been going on the past year and still now it's uh keeps us safe and um like um like if that if it keeps us safe it's uh it's the best thing to do isn't it the more we wear it now the less we'll wear it later yeah yeah and hopefully 10 years down the line we won't have to wear one <laughs> hopefully fingers crossed <laughs> yeah but we like um i think most of us like maybe we didn't think like like the pandemic would still be going on like like till today no, it was supposed to be two weeks. <laughs> two weeks off school, can't wait for that. Oh, two years yeah. later. Oh. But I think, uh, I, like, like it, it has, although it's been not nice, the pandemic, I do feel like it has no good thing to take out of it as well. I think for me, the lockdown came at probably the best time it could have for me. Yeah. Um, in terms of having that going from that transition between like high school to eventually to uni I think that was a good place for me to be able to like have time where it was just me with my thoughts and being able to look at myself and it wasn't the best experience in the world I, I would never claim for that but I think I wouldn't change anything if that makes sense like I I think having the lockdown when it was for me was was a good place but then that's speaking from a point of privilege of being able to have access to education still not having any family members that were at risk or anything like that um yeah so i know i i fully hear the privilege when i say stuff like that because for a lot of people lockdown was a very difficult time both mentally and physically and um i know a few friends that really really did struggle but um yeah I think for me, it, like, um, because, like, like, as you say, like, it does affect like people quite bad, and like, 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 like for me, it, like, at the start, it was quite a good time for me as well. Although um, I did, like, I, I said, like, I think I knew lockdown was coming from hearing about like what was going on, and um, I think, um, oh, like, a, I went into like a math lesson, um, like. Like I think it was a week, uh, um, a week before like lockdown started, and like, 
like a, a helper, like um, what's like sneeze, yeah. and like like like, like and um, like like I I had to get out of the classroom. Um, I think that's part of my autism as well, as well as like my crimes. Um, that put me at risk and stuff, but that, that was part of my autism where sometimes I have to get out of classrooms and in, 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 in tough like, situations. Um, so I did that and then I, I think the lesson was near the end and, and the thing, from, I, I forgot my bag, so I had to wait out, outside the classroom, otherwise I would have, but I wouldn't have waited. But uh, I waited for my bag and then um, later on in the day I saw her and, and, and this teacher said, um, um, like asked me if I had an appointment or something because she wondered why I left and I, I said no I left because you, like you sneeze and and the thing that what got me was um she didn't put her hands on her mouth or anything um um so so that's not my reason and I said well you didn't put your hands in your mouth or anything did you and I said no no I didn't um because I had a sore back and, I, and then I, from that and I thought oh, that, 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 that's not a good excuse like you could have said well, she, she did apologise and stuff, but after that instance, I, I, I did stay the rest of the day. Um, I was quite anxious as well, though, but after that, I, I said, um, I'm not going in. Um, and I have been, from there, I have been in a few times, but not too many times, because although, um, yeah, I have been in too many times, but I had, like, the access of, like, like from my like, computer at home, from, like, I wanted to do and stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm not um, physically at risk, but I found myself very much like not wanting to touch anything. Anytime someone coughed, you'd just be like, oh, where did that come from? And stuff like that. And I think it was it was quite interesting for me to see how much or how easily I could become like anxious about something that was so new and something that we hadn't, uh, we've never been through pandemic in my lifetime or anything like that. And so being put into that situation and it was kind of like, I didn't realise how much something like that could affect me so much. And I think that was quite an interesting thing about it was one minute, everything was like, we were, there were all the memes in like February of like, or in like January being like, oh look, there's a, someone's eating a bat or something. And then it turned into, that's actually quite serious. I mean, just everyone joking about having those two weeks off and like kind of like, pressing refresh on the BBC website to see if Boris had announced it to being a year later being like that's yeah, not great. No, but lots of things were cancelled didn't they like like things we were looking forward to and and like I think I was due to go to Spain for a holiday to Barcelona and it didn't happen. <laughs> so <laughs> although when I first heard about coronavirus I was in France and I was thinking hang on and I'm getting my plane home. I don't want anything to happen while I'm in France. But, like, it is, like, it is what it is, isn't it? Like, we can't do anything about it. All we can do yeah. is just do our job and keep myself safe and my family members safe. And then, hopefully, like, well, things will get better. Yeah. Live in hope. Yeah. No, like, we have to live in hope now, don't we? Yeah, I think things like like freedom day and stuff coming up as it's been coined i think that's going to be quite a an interesting point to see like how things go but i'm yeah i mean i'm not necessarily looking forward to it because i've been quite enjoying people staying away from me physically <laughs> it's been quite nice but um yeah it'll be interesting i mean i wouldn't mind social distancing staying forever but it might be my bias yeah like i like when my lockdown does get 
like, 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 freeze it into freedom days, you say, um, which, um, it, it can, like, um, yeah, like, like for freedom day, uh, I, like, uh, I will definitely not be, uh, going close <laughs> to people, um, um, even if I didn't have, like, a, a condition that makes me vulnerable, yeah, um, because I have the, like, the things I take, uh, like, down from my immune system, and, like, can't do anything about that, but like, like, like for, or like for someone like yourself, that like, like who, who, who's not like, maybe at, like, 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 like that you said that you're not like at risk, but like you, it's to protect yourself and not going to near people. Yeah. But I think like some things about the pandemic have been slightly autistic friendly in terms of like not having large gatherings, having shops that aren't full of people, having to have have that distance for me I found quite comfortable I don't think it necessarily equaled the worry about dying from Covid but it was quite nice to be able to have that physical space without having to like ask for it or having to feel awkward and that you could stand in a queue about someone like being right behind you and it just felt quite I just felt quite nice in that in that sense yeah yeah, and then you see people outside not doing any social distancing. <laughs> then it's not as nice. No, no, like, like I haven't seen most of my friends for a long time, and, and, and like, like, because like it's the fear of what what your friends who they've seen, how much contact they've seen, and like although I've, with my friends I, I haven't heard of anyone have had COVID or caught it. But it's still, it's still a worry when maybe, like, like in my case, I, I, I'm quite at risk and I don't want to like have it because I, I might, even though I've had two vaccines, but that, that was back in February and I had the, the one like that, uh, that, you could, that you could experience, but blood clots now and people my age won't be having that anymore. So um, I feel maybe like, like it's a bit like that is weird off now because I've had it a long time ago. So, it's uh... Yeah, so I've got, I've had my first vaccine, but I feel like, even when I have my second, I feel like that fear of getting it and passing it on, I don't think, for me, that would go. But then I kind of have that worry of people who will be double vaccinated, who can still pass it on, which I think people forget. That's a bit of a worry for me, when you've got young people who, rightly so, want to go out and enjoy their youth. But then, you have to think about that, it, Covid is still an issue and just because you're not necessarily at risk doesn't mean someone you're not going to walk past in the street isn't and that's something that I'm always trying to say like just because no one at home or yourself are at risk doesn't mean you're not going to accidentally bump into someone who very much can't afford to get Covid. Yeah yeah and for example like with like shopping um like I don't I don't go out into a shop again you know like I get it like come to my house and, and what, what we do is kind of like 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 we don't just like put it in the cupboard like we like like make it all clean like enough like you don't know who's touched it you, you don't know where they've been so it's, it's all safe and like even before the pandemic i was always like cautious even before i had crones i was always cautious like like like, like keeping myself clean and like taking like a maybe a, a hand gel in your pocket which i i think it's important just to like that keeps you safe anyway because you don't know what you're going to catch do you mm. 
But um, I think, like, like as well in the pandemic, like, I, I felt like I, like I, I don't mind my own company. Like, I still like, I still, still talk to people like virtually, like maybe like, 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 like on the PlayStation or on um, podcast. But I think, like, like with um, TikTok as well, I think that, that's helped me as well. I don't do as much like voices and awareness. I kind of do it like. Um, I have a page about Doctor Who, so I do different Doctor Who stuff um, because I, 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 I like Doctor Who. So I'll do like like the Taylor of the Doctor and stuff, which I, I like. I, I, I like to do because it keeps me occupied. Uh, I might might get a bit hot under different like suits and stuff, but it is another thing that uh, that helps you. I'm very much obsessed with Doctor Who as well, <laughs> but I think for me, I don't think I would have dealt with the pandemic as well if it wasn't for TikTok and being able to put content out and actually having like give myself a purpose because I think even though I was like still studying my A-levels and stuff it didn't feel like when I think when you're learning for a screen it doesn't feel as important as when you're learning like at college so I feel like for me having that TikTok and it, it gave me the opportunity to have a routine I'd get up and get dressed plan a film do it and it it was something to do and I think without that I would have struggled a lot more yeah yeah because I think since last year um I didn't know what TikTok was everyone talking about TikTok I was thinking what's TikTok <laughs> people were saying get TikTok and I was I, I was like okay I'll, I'll I'll get it and like like I kind of have two separate accounts I have a, a Doctor Who one and I have um like a current one and autism one where I just content about that sometimes but um I think that like, like you say TikTok is a very helpful like um app which uh like like you can have a, a good laugh on it and like it just it, it keeps you occupied I think I was always that person who was like no I'm not getting TikTok I'm not you know it's like for children I'm not doing that and all that and I always said to everyone like I'm never downloading it and then lockdown happened and I was literally on it every single day yeah but I'm I am pretty grateful for what I've built on TikTok and like my followers and stuff and yeah yeah yeah, yeah because like like I got like like I've got more of like like people who watch my like not my autism content, more my like 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 like, like the, the different suits I put on for like acting things out, and like I did do a drama course in like in school, and, and which was quite hard because um it, it, that was at a time when I was diagnosed with Crohn's, so it was, I think there was only six people like who who did the drama course as well, and I played the character who was a multi-role character, and then. I thought to myself, like after school, maybe I should like do something with acting, and 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 I, and I saw TikTok, and I thought like I, I might do some uh, nice acting videos, and then I thought why not? Um, and then eventually, a few times up, like I would get that you don't look like the doctor, and I'd say, uh, I'm not, I don't want to look like him. <laughs> I want to look like me. <laughs> but yeah, and at first I did think I did take it to heart. I did think. I was saying to myself, I'm not going to do this anymore because like a person don't like me, and then I thought to myself, it's just one person that doesn't matter. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing with social media because I think pretty much at some point everyone always gets hate comments, 
and I think what you do with that I think helps you as a person and I think what I've learned through my interactions on TikTok has relayed to real life I think as an autistic person who does need to think about social interaction probably more than a neurotypical it's nice to be able to almost practice in and and play out different scenarios throughout the TikTok and then be able to relay responses in real life and I think as well having a lot of uh, I think the majority of my following is neurodivergent being able to allow other people to have that same experience in my comments is actually a really nice thing to to experience as well yeah like like uh like um i think like like with social media um like um like, like the podcast for example where i don't like at the start like um never really heard of a podcast before um like i, I heard it I, I knew a little bit about it and then i, I found out how to create one and then like to raise awareness for autism and current um, and I thought um, it, it would be a good idea for me especially during a tough time where um, I maybe not seeing my friends who I haven't seen for a while and um, just like meet different people which I think is good and then you, you keep in contact and then you see all the different stuff they do to raise awareness and then it just helps you. Yeah, because I tried, like, over the years, I've tried Instagram and stuff like that, and I feel like as much as social media is demonised, when you when you're someone who is part of a specific community that is such as autism that isn't really seen in mainstream, when you find a platform that you can explore yourself and other people's experiences, it can be make or break for you, I think, mentally. I found that TikTok, for some people, maybe are not a great place to be for me was the best decision I ever made downloading that app and there are times where I feel like maybe I, I regret wasting five hours a day scrolling through it because when you don't realize how many one minute videos you've actually watched but being able to meet people and have a community and feel part of something bigger than yourself and knowing that you're not alone as an autistic person is so important and so big and just I, I hope that every autistic person gets to have that experience and I think that with the growth of social media that is something that is possible now and I, I'm, I couldn't imagine being autistic without social media because I would have been, I feel so alone. Yeah. I think we'd be lost when we with no social media but yeah like like do sometimes when you make like a, a tiktok do you do you like um like re-watch it like your like the thing you posted like quite a lot i i, I am quite narcissistic i'm not gonna lie but i i do tend to watch them back quite a bit because i think when when i make certain videos like i feel a certain way and i remember like how much i put into that and sometimes I am proud of what I put and I like to rewatch it. And sometimes I rewatch it because I'm like, that wasn't great. I need to work out what wasn't great and, you know, do better. And also um, being able to look through the comments again and seeing ones that are like, I'm glad that I finally found someone else who's autistic and stuff like that. And oh, I've never met anyone else with dyspraxia before. And those kind of things. It's nice to, when you're feeling like kind of alone in that sense, I don't know anyone in real life who is neurodivergent. It's nice to go back and see that, well, you're helping other people not feel so alone. Quite a nice, yeah. Yeah.
Right. But, but like sometimes, like when I do like like um like like some like TikToks, I do spend like like a like a maybe a whole day doing them, so I don't have to do them all the time. And because um like what like with like I find like I just make a make a day of it, and, and that's covered me covered me for a while, and then I uh, and then I have to go like like because. I save quite a lot of them in my draft, so so I don't have to do them all the time. See, I always try to do that because then I'm like, one day if I don't post, I can put a draft in. But whenever I make something, I'm always so excited to post it. I never, it never sees my draft. I only ever have like one or two things in drafts. I'm quite bad at that. Yeah, yeah I'm like a Labrador in a like tennis ball shop. I'm like, just get it on. <laughs> yeah, like like I sometimes like. I, I do like like, like I, I, I sometimes I think like that. I, I really want to post it now, but um, like, like with posting and stuff, I kind of like 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 with Doctor Who content like now because I've got so many. I, I, I want to do it all the time because it, like 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 the Doctor Who like TikToks they are like it takes time to do them and like yeah. one maybe fifteen second video could take an hour to do and get it right. So. Like I, t- I kind of like now I do because of the like like with my podcast episodes coming out on a Monday and like Friday now I do like I I put maybe like a a TikTok like, like one on on those days so it, it kind of goes in with them I suppose. Yeah, I think especially because I've done like a few Doctor Who cosplay ones in the past. They when you're in like the the cosplay, it's so much easier just to make a lot that day as well. I think. Um, I, I keep meaning to do more, but then I keep meaning to do more of everything and there's only so much you can do. Yeah. But yeah. I, I I love seeing people's Doctor Who cosplays. Yeah. I think that's so good. Yeah. I think like the, the ones I, I mainly do is uh, like the Tenth Doctor, David Tennant and the Eleventh Matt Smith, which I do like they are my my, my two favourite ones and like I've got like last year, well, uh, like at Christmas time, I got the the, the tenth Doctor, um, like, like his his brand suit, which I was I was really happy about because it's really hard to get that suit. Um, which uh, I've done uh, quite a few like ones on it, and I do have my all time like favourite. I think Doctor Who TikTok is uh, as well. Like not like um, I think um, um, it, 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 it it was one of um. um the Tempest Doctor episodes when he, um, well, I think when the, uh, the master died, like, like he didn't really die, but um, he died, I think, and um, and like how like the Tempest Doctor acted, and he was like really sad about it, and it was, and like, I kind of acted on that, and uh, that, that is, I think, one of my favourite videos. And I do love him because like, I really like Doctor Who, and I've watched it since I was really young as well. Um, probably similar I used to when I was diagnosed with autism, really, but. Uh, I think, like, like, like nowadays, isn't it? There's, there's different shows now that have actors with who, 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 who have autism as well. Yeah, I think the the representation of autistic people has definitely gotten better. Definitely, I, I still think there's a long way to go because I don't really see myself much. But um, no, I think it is. I think it's much better. Yeah. But then, see, with Do- Doctor Who. They recently, because I think they um, recently made quite a common mistake 
I will say, because they've um, with um, Ryan, the thirteenth Doctor with his dyspraxia, wasn't actually a dyspraxic actor. So I think although we are getting much better representation, we're not really seeing us being the ones to do it. And I think that's quite a big leap that we need to make before we start to see more diverse portrays of autism as well. Yeah, I think I do like to see like like programs that do have actors that have autism, but it does sometimes make you think if um, because you have so, so, so some that actually have autism and some people who act it, and like sometimes you think would it be better if someone actually had it and did it? But and then you think that they may not be comfortable doing it um, because yeah. they have autism. And I have watched like a couple of programs. Um, um, I think that. Well, like I do enjoy watching them, like, like seeing how they do act with autism. But um, it is it is interesting, like how would someone who actually has autism act? I think, but I think as well, it'd be nice to see because I think when um, they kind of have those like news articles about oh, all these people are actually autistic, and you see actors that come up, they quite often play neurotypical people and not often autistic people, which which is absolutely fine, but it would be nice to see more autistic people that play autistic people. And also that aren't just like cis white men, being able to see all different arrays of autism because everyone and anyone can be autistic. And so it would be nice to have that, that kind of cross-cultural, cross-gender, cross-everything spectrum of autistic people. I think that would be like it would be helpful, wouldn't it? Like, like if that happened, because there are like the people that have autism that may have it and they don't know it. Like they haven't, they haven't been tested. Like, like they may not want to get tested because they feel like they're going to be different to to someone else and like be classed as that that person who's maybe struggle with needs extra help but it is a good thing if you need help because that you get that support. Mm, definitely. But not all the time mainstream I'd say I think that's where it needs to be improved especially mainstream school. Yeah I think it's because with mainstream school I think it's easier to forget that someone has autism or that someone may be struggling especially when they're getting grades. I think especially if you're in more of a working class school as long as you're passing on really gives you a second look and I think that's uh, quite a big issue because school isn't just grades no. school is so much more than that and I think that that emphasis needs to be put on it no. but yeah because like, like you want to enjoy your time at, at school um you're either mainstream or not like like um like when I was there I kind of had to get out and then I, I did go to like a special school that was had, had knowledge of autism which was really hard to get in um like like um like it was very hard to get in because it is like not many spaces are available in those types of schools and at the start I wouldn't say my time was like like at, at the best because I was I was a new kid and like people didn't know who I was and um, I was kind of classed like the new kid and then eventually I got settled and uh, even at the start I think from going to a special school that's where my confidence kind of got better mm. and which which is hard and like I know 
I hear so some people like they're all a bit older now, but with the autism and just starting to speak about it, which I think it, it's good. It's good. It, it doesn't really matter how old how old you are to speak about it. As if you just at least tell someone, it's a it's a good uh, it's a good boost for yourself. Definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think it's been a, a like a, a really good chat. No, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, because I think it's been it's been like nice to speak to you, and I think like we should do something like this again, or definitely uh, like stay in touch. I'd definitely be up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for, 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 thank you, and I uh, um, hope I hope you have a nice rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.